Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Tuesday, June 15th, and breaking news, Chris Hogan, he's not, he's not terrible at lacrosse. Um, I, I think I, I wouldn't say that he's great, but I, I would not say that he's terrible either. So uh, breaking news, Chris Hogan, pretty okay at lacrosse. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Shido and Dukes on the mics. Boys, another weekend of PLL action has come and gone. Uh, so they have left Hotlanta. Obviously, everyone was super thrilled to finally get out of that airport because it is a mess. Uh, but Jake, how, how are you feeling? You guys after- are sp- uh, well, go, Sorry, go ahead. I, I, have to, I have to defend the, the airport. Everyone bitching about the airport on Twitter doesn't know a fucking thing about terrible airports. All right. How about I could name five airports off the top of my head that are Do way it. worse. Uh, Newark, awful. Okay. LaGuardia, dog shit. Um, yes. I'm not a fan of Philadelphia because I've been stuck in the Philly airport before, but like Philly airport, not great. Um, Orlando, absolute nightmare. Um Let's see. Okay, or, that was four. Orlando, you're getting. I, I know that we're supposed to be body positive in 2021, but Orlando, you're getting a lot of like really just gross people who are going to Disney. It's it's just awful. Or the whole scene in Orlando is so tough. Uh, but I mean, I think there's some guys who actually. I think I think Rambo might like live down there now or something. He's working with like PV Boys Lax, so like he, I'm sure he's just a. I hope they serve cheesesteaks at the and, or, or and, something. And Jared, and Jared Bernhardt was a, a high school option quarterback. That's Orlando. right. That's so, right. Out of Orlando. Um, so, Dukes, you know, uh, uh, any any anything to add? I mean, he's he's attacking Lagrardia and, and Newark. So I, I don't know if you need to step in. JFK is fine. Here or, or I'll, I'll or, fly into JFK or, all day. Or if Dukes, if, if you just want to talk <laughs> about some lacks. <laughs> just it was just disgusting to hear you say Newark Lagrardia and then not even mention O'Hare or LAX. Nobody's flying. I'm not. I, I, I can't tell you the last time I've been to O'Hare. The only time I go through, I've been through, through LAX is in uh, the International Terminal, which is fucking immaculate. So, excuse O'Hare's me. Pretty shitty. O'Hare, yeah, I mean, Hotland is a hot mess. Shitty airport. Great city. Um, I saw some people were getting some good food down there, Jake. I was just shocked that oh, no God. players went to Magic City. Um, heard they oh yeah, they got the wings. They had to. Yeah. They had to. I mean, that's that's what you go for in Atlanta. Is the is the is the, the sweaty ass sweat heat and the strip club food. I mean, nobody does it like Atlanta. But yeah, nothing so, more to add. It was my birthday weekend. Had a little fun. Um, yeah, on Instagram. Well, yeah, I broke Instagram. I these hardos on fucking Instagram. They're like, you can't post twice in 12 hours. Well, I shoved everyone with 20 <laughs> posts on my birthday just to like send a message that I'm here to make Instagram casual again. I love I love it. I think that I think that what you're doing is is important for social media, and you're you're breaking you're breaking barriers. You're breaking through barriers. Somebody's got to do the job. Wait, was was this on the Kristaps account or was this on a personal account? <laughs> I, 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 I missed a, a I missed a lot of what happened this weekend. I was uh, had a bachelor party. I'm humble brag that I have friends. Um, but was was that? So I mean, I'm I'm down to spam on Instagram. So it was just my personal account, and it wasn't even like good photos. It was just selfies like me at a bar like it, it really was awful pictures i lost seven i lost 70 followers it was, it was pretty rancid stuff i mean he's just in every one of them it just you know it's deeper into the night so you could just see just the pain the pain behind his eyes um 
I saw a, uh, I saw a couple of photos on Instagram of some of the boys uh, from the Redwoods out at the Ivy and Buckhead. And uh, I can tell you, I know why little, little Tristan, uh, TD Erlen, uh, Tristan being his government name, I should have asked him that on the pod, but I, I can see why Tristan might have uh, missed his flight the next day because the boys were looking uh, absolutely sauced. So good for them. Nice and sweaty out at the Ivy. Everyone needs to put a shift in at the Ivy after a couple shifts on the field. But um, in terms of lacrosse, pretty good weekend. Uh, I know Jordy was, you know, making food for everyone on a bachelor party because that's just, I mean, he's the like a private chef, but solid weekend for lacrosse. I don't know what you guys think. Awesome. Uh, Friday night. Friday night started off good with like the water dogs. Water dogs seem like they're rolling again. I saw somebody tweeted at me, how many wins until you change your name to Water Dukes? I think one more, and I have to switch it. Pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, that's, that's one that we might have to go with as soon as we're done recording. That's, a, that's actually a pretty good one. Um, yeah, I mean, Water Dogs, they had uh, two games in three days, and they got twice as many wins as they've had in their entire franchise's history. So I, I would say overall pretty, pretty solid weekend for the Dogs. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like that that game right there, just uh, like I think, um, you know, Ryan Brown, Mikey Slosser, and uh, Ben and Big Doctor Ben Reeves paging Doctor Ben Reeves. I, I think uh, what we saw out of the Water Dogs this weekend, and um, you know, especially what we saw out of Ryan Brown in that second half of that chaos game, uh, the Water Dogs are very much loaded. And uh, I, I think that, you know, right now, like after this weekend, they put themselves towards the top of the conversation. Whip Snakes are obviously going to be there. I think, uh, you know, another team that really put themselves there uh, took those Whip Snakes into overtime, the Cannons. And then, um, but I, I don't know. Like, I think that the, the Water Dogs, I mean, obviously they look good. They had two, two wins on the weekend. Um, but Ryan Brown, just remembering that he can just splash from anywhere on the field probably a, a bad sign for the rest of the league. Yeah, I'd say it's not a great sign. Um, I just, I'm so confused about the chaos. I, I'm, I'm just incredibly confused about what they're like, what is their deal, right? Are we, are we doing the, are we doing the, the bubble strategy where we just go Oh, and four and then rip the next three games in a row? Or like, are we, are we just gonna sandbag, the whole season for the draft pick like you know they have so much talent you know the best goalie in the in the world and I mean Blaze made in the in the Archers game on Sunday Blaze made 16 17 saves you know and they, they still lost by four so it's like where you know when, when does the production from all of these guys start to catch up and you know they can start winning like the water dogs are I don't know well hold on real because I I thought like Blaze looked good against the Archers. I wouldn't say that, and probably by his own admission, that he had mm-hmm. his best game against. Or in, he he looked fine. At, yeah, he looked fine against the Archers. But like some of the ones that went in against the Water Dogs, like I'm not talking about when like Ryan Brown pulls up from 12. I'm not talking like I don't know. Like there was one of those Slosher goals that um, you know he like. You know, it it was like a sneaky release, but he just like didn't look ready for it. I know that there was one that like trickled like through his legs, and like I know you're not expecting the guy to save every single shot that comes his way, um, but like I don't know, it, it just seems like they're they they have well clearly they haven't because they haven't won a game yet, but they just haven't been able to get everybody going at the same time. And I know that they're missing some guys from Canada, so you can blame Justin Trudeau all you want. 
Um, but yeah, Dukes, go ahead. I sorry, sorry for jumping in there on you, but no. I, just, I, I thought that I thought that Blaze had a he had fifty percent of a really good weekend. I agree with you, especially on Friday night. But you really can't point one person out. But I will. Jared Newman, no shit to chaos loss. You said ugly ass outfit he brought in. Like, I was like, what? no, no wonder. I don't, I, I don't want to attack Jared Newman, but that was the ugliest outfit of of my lifetime. But and then with the water dogs, you know, we'll talk about the first two teams of the weekend. As good as the water dogs are, and they won both games. I want to say easily, easily handily, but they kind of outplayed both teams. It didn't really seem like they were ever going to lose. But their two wins this season are against teams with zero wins. So that's not ideal. So I wouldn't bump them right to the top three right now. Because you look at a team like the Cannons, who are one and two, but I think they are a top three team. They just took – they lost by one to the Redwoods, and they lost in overtime to the Whip Snakes. So that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend. Yeah, they've got the third best goal differential, you know, but they're sitting, sitting at six, the Cannons are. Um, I, I think – Going back to the goalie play, I think what, at what point do we, at, since there's so much talent in the league, at what point do we not point the finger at the goalie and just say like, "Hey, these guys made ridiculous shots"? Because, I mean, well, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying though. Is like, yeah, like like if when there are ridiculous shots, like Ryan Brown stepping in and and just blasting one right by you, like you can't really ask like, again, like like those are gonna drop. He's the best shooter in the world. But there was just like that one Slosser one that stands out to my mind. I like he was, he was coming down kind of. He was I don't know if he was sweeping to his left or if he was going down the left alley or what. And he just kind of like it, it was like a super quick shot and like not really one that I it, like. It just looks like Blaze wasn't expecting it at all and like he like barely moved on it and like that. Like it's it's a tricky one, yeah. But like you you look at what Slosser was able to do in that game and like. Like that, that was one of those goals where I feel like he saw that one hit the back of the net and all of a sudden he has the confidence and he gives himself the green light to start shooting more. Like sometimes, sometimes it's not about like how many saves you make. It's about like making those timely ones, like, you know, that can kind of throw a player off for the rest of the day. Um, you know, if, if that one gets stuffed, you know, maybe, maybe he's a little bit, maybe he gives himself a yellow light every time he has his hands free. Um, I don't know. Mikey's a, a guy who seems like he, uh, you know, likes to likes to play by his own rules. So maybe he's just straight green lights all over the place. Shout out Matthew McConaughey. Um, but I don't know. Like sometimes you need to come up with those ones uh, just to kind of throw off an offensive player and get them in their own head. And then there was the other one that like dribbled through his legs. But again, like it, like Blaze is a top level goalie. He's goalie of the year two times in a row. Um, I just don't think that he looked though like. I don't. I don't think that he looked that part against the water. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then I don't know. I, the one question I do want to ask, though, so if if you guys, um, if if you guys will uh, oblige with me, or, or I guess that's that's the word that I'm looking for. The water dogs. Granted, they they played against two teams that didn't have any wins, but they did look great and offensively they seemed to be clicking. And now the question needs to be asked, a question that's been asked by many so far. Are the Water Dogs better without Michael Sowers? Jake, you want to take this first or you want me to take it? So I think that there I think that okay. There's probably an argument to be made that you that that Sowers is not inconsequential. 
but that they can play without Sowers simply because there's so much talent on the team. Um, I think that that is more telling of the PLL and the league itself that you take a top tier rookie out and you have four guys, five guys, you know, even with Cuccinello on the roster, but you have four attackmen that you could play and they could play with the best. So, you know, Reeves Brown, Kieran McArdle and, and Michael Krause, like that's, still an unbelievable roster so to me it's less about do the water dogs need sours and it's more about uh you know the the fluidity of these rosters and being able to to push players around and where they where they fit um i suppose if you if you say the water dogs like they're rot like if they if they designed their offense around sours then yeah they would they would have suffered right without him but i think that that was like a game plan decision where we, you know, we're, we're a kind of a PLL style decision where we don't really need to design our offense around one player because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. I think that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at with it. That's a really serious take, but like, what, what is it? What is a good conspiracy we could go with? Like, uh, Hmm. Like uh, the league doesn't need sours or like sours. Uh, I, I don't know. There's not really like a, he's, 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 he's holding out for a trade. I, I don't know. Like just, it's it's that's a, just a funny question. Like, are the water dogs better without Michael Sowers? That's hilarious to me. Listen, I've gotten caught in the hot, hot mic a couple of times on this show with some shitty takes, and I, I'm not going to say that the water dogs are going to be better without Michael Sowers. I think that's foolish, but I don't think it's crazy to say that it just looked like there was a bunch of veterans out there slinging it. You know, Michael Sowers. I think you alluded to it last week, more uh, Jordy, that. He holds the ball at X. He runs out of the shot clock. He's not used to the game. He's not used to the field. He's not used to the shot clock. So, yeah, I think that the veterans played better this weekend, and I think that the Water Dogs showed that they don't need Sowers, that maybe Sowers has to get a couple more practices in, a couple more games before we really get to see the offense flowing with him in it. That was, that was handled very well by both of you. I was just trying to set you up to see what I could get from both of you guys. Um, you son of no, a bitch. But I, no, like I, I do agree though, where like Sowers came in and he had like maybe like 90 minutes to get used to playing with, with the water dogs. And then he got thrown out there against, um, you know, against the cannon. So like what, you know, you couldn't really ask for him to do much and he still had two goals and like five, they got waved off. Um, and the, the other thing I will say, because like, again, like I, I think that this water dogs team is going to look good for the next few weeks. Um, and Sowers might, you know, not be in the lineup, whether it's for uh, his concussion or just because, you know, this, I mean, it won't be that he's in, not in the lineup. Like if he's healthy, he'll be at least running out of the box. Um, but I just think like you, you look at what these these rookies have to do. You look at what you're asking of them, especially someone like Sowers or any of these guys who transferred this year. Like they transfer to a new school, they play lacrosse from, you know, they have all their fall ball. Then they start their season in January um, for guys like Sowers. It goes January to Memorial day weekend. And then they have maybe like 48 hours to kind of like rest and not be lacrosse players. And then they go right back into the thick of things um, and then have to play lacrosse every single week until the middle of September. So like, that's like, it's a grueling fucking year for a rookie in the PLL to go right from college to the pros. And then like, it's, it's long, 
it gets extremely hot once you get to um, the tournament in May and then carry throughout the summer with the PLL. So it's, it's a lot to ask of them. So I think like, it's honestly probably in Michael Sauer's best interest to kind of take like a couple more weeks to get himself, you know, cleared with his head. And then like that way, just like give your body like a little bit of a rest and then he'll come back and he'll be exactly as dominant as everyone would expect him to be. I also have something to add there. Um, I think that the anyone who asks that question with a serious undertone is an idiot um, because I think that everyone's forgetting that the game doesn't need these guys, right? Or they don't need this game, excuse me. Like so Michael Sowers has degrees from Princeton and Duke. He could probably go work literally anywhere except he chooses to play lacrosse on television for the entertainment of fucking, you know, dads and 14 year olds. Right. So like Sowers doesn't need you to believe that he, he belongs on the water dogs, if that makes sense. Right. So like to have the audacity to like pose these questions on Twitter is fucking asinine to me because like, you know, the, is Paul Rabel back? Who gives a you know who gives well, a fuck? Well, right? Tw- Twitter, you know? Twitter, Twitter was a mistake made by humans who were all. Yes, it was. Yes, so, it was. It was like the um, Labradoodle, right? Just <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. Uh, <laughs> this also is this is also like the most reactionary league of all time. Where so so true. On Sunday, and we're like, yeah, that team sucks, and then they beat the number one team in the league. We're like, that team is so fucking back. <laughs> we like we 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 we're so quick to just make opinions and shitty opinions for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Uh, everyone lives off reactions this, about this league. The okay, only well, person who has good opinions is Joe Keeks, and they're just purely based on fact and data. You, you say the only person who has good opinions is Joe Keeks, and you use that word person liberally. I'm still not entirely positive that Joe Keeks is not, uh, you know, some... Uh, and some, some sort of alien. Some, some alien who comes here from, you know, a planet that has had lacrosse for eons and has just kind of taken on the the look and shape of a human and is here to just dissect it at a alien level that most of us humans cannot comprehend. I mean, a dog could probably pick, you know, the, you know, the, the, the bets better than these games. So like, you know, I, it, it, the fact that humans are, are, are out here, you know, talking about lacrosse and like, like we know something is, is insane to me. I yeah, we, don't, we don't know anything them. about these games. I go ahead. Go ahead. So, you know, betting, I'm a gambler, I work in the sports book, when, I, when, the, when the Barstool Sportsbook gets lines and I start gambling on these games, I challenge Joe Keeks, make us a model, we'll follow your model every single week, and we'll, we'll see who does better, me or Joe Keeks' model, and we'll see who, who's the better lacrosse mind. That's a challenge straight up. <laughs> I, will, I will peer review his work. How's, how's that? I'll peer review his model, and Joe, then you can Joe- just, you, you can bet like you need to. <laughs> Joe Keegs will be running algorithms on those bets and Dukes can't even spell algorithms. <laughs> That's so easy. A-L-G-R-O-R-Y-T-H-M. It's easy. Exactly. I left out the I I don't know I and T. Crushed it. Crushed it. Uh, well, moving right along from the weekend. Um, all right, well, let's just go chronological here because – you know, okay. that's about the way that our, our brains work. It's, you know, we, we, we start if, going if out they work. Order, we're, yeah, we're just going to start forgetting shit. Um, so whip snakes cannons, the NBC game, um, obviously billed as the debut of Chris Hogan, but like, let's be honest, he, he looked 
okay out there. He looked perfectly fine. He didn't look like good. He didn't look bad. He's whatever. So um, I don't know if you guys have much to say about it, but I, I don't, I thought he looked fine. And that's about all we can move on from it. Um, basically what I want to get at is I would love to see these teams play, just run it back every single damn week and just keep feeding the ball to Zed and keep feeding the ball to Lyle Thompson. Um, 10 goals between the two of them. Zed, it was like almost every single time he touched the ball, it was in the back of the net. Lyle doing ridiculous Lyle things. Um, I'm at a point right now where I think, uh, you know, like there, there are so many, there are so many high school coaches that are watching these games and, you know, they're, they're begging their defenders, you know, don't, don't let your attackman get topside, right? And uh, you watch Lyle Thompson dodge from the wing. And obviously, it's a, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation because you're playing against, I would say, a top two lacrosse player in the world along with Tom Schreiber. Um, but for some reason, like, he is just un-goddamn believable, dodging from the wing, pushing his defender up a little bit and then rolling back underneath. And then as soon as he rolls back underneath, um, that's, that's a certified goal every single day of the week. So um, yeah, Lyle and Zed, unbelievable to watch that entire game. Unbelievable game to watch Uh, your boy, Ryan Drenner had himself a a nice couple goals there. Uh, So Jake, what did you have on cannons, whip snakes going into overtime? Obviously if you know, you probably watched everyone who's listening, probably watched the game or at least caught a recap, uh, but whip snakes getting it done in overtime, 15, 14. I mean, I had the, I had the cannons, right? I, I think the I think the cannons are just an unreal team. You know, to, to be able to put together a team that quickly and have them compete, love that. Um, I just, you you know, you meet, yeah, like you have a lot of defense, you have a lot of high school coaches that are looking and they're like, you know, how would I tell my guy to guard Lyle Thompson? Well, you know, basically what the, the what you have to come up with is that Lyle Thompson is essentially unguardable, right? And even if you hit that slide, he's going to see it and the ball's going to move, bing, bang, boom, to the goal. So um, you do the best you can right against Lyle and, and obviously uh, it, you know, Bryce Young fell on the, on the fell once um, they, they switched up some matchups, but Lyle still had five, like just an unreal talent. I thought Chris Hogan, I mean, Chris Hogan did about as well as I expected him to do. Right. He had a little trouble one time picking up a ground ball, but that, you know, you chalk that up to nerves, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of like expectations for him making a roster and playing on TV and you know, it's, it's, it's a different game. Right. So I, I don't, I didn't expect them to go out there and, you know, rip, rip a hattie, right? I expected them to play some good defense and, you know, kind of take his runs on the field. So um, I think the whip snakes bled a little bit. I think the cannons had them. I, I really do. And then, you know, Ryan Drenner doing Ryan Drenner things. He's just a, he's just a beast. Um, Dukes, you have anything, any, I don't, you, have any, you have anything severe to say about Chris Hogan? Cause I just like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like mild sauce from Taco Bell. It's all right. I got I got a couple couple of thoughts on this game. Uh, first, when the broadcast said, you know, Chris Hogan he got he got the nod this week because he really impressed the coaches during the scrimmage against the Whip Snakes was the biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard in my life. That gave me a good laugh. Oh, yeah. I was like, had nothing to do with NBC being on, you know, playing the number one team. Not to dance in the parade again, but I was right. Hashtag Dukes was right, and. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, the Cannons are a very, very impressive team, and I would be shocked if they're not playing in Philadelphia for the semifinals. Now, 
to the Paul Rabel thing. I, I just have to address it every time he, he has a good game, you know, sports center top 10, three points again this weekend. So I think it's pretty ridiculous if anyone's still saying that he can't be effective in this league. Uh, clearly he still can be, but it seems like Paul Rabel just needed a little sex. Cause he, as we saw, he dating the new Isaac Gonzalez. So shout out Paul Rabel. All, all the dude needed was a little bit of sex in his life and his lacrosse game is back right at it. Cause my conspiracy about it was he's finally dating someone that doesn't know him as Paul Rabel, the lacrosse player. And he really needs to impress her. Get that. Totally get that. And he, you know, he's, he's really, you know, this league is really changing a lot of opinions too, because it used to be like no girlfriends during lacrosse season. Right. Like that used to be the thing, you know, definitely no girlfriends during playoffs. Right. You can't even go see her. And now he's like, you know, now they're like, you know, maybe, maybe that's, you know, something, something, you know, the boys actually need it. There was, who was that? It was an uh, adult film star who offered to help out the water dogs. Oh um, my God. And, and I, 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 with the Phoenix Suns? Yes. With the Phoenix Suns. It was the same, the same girl with the Phoenix Suns. She's like, I heard the need of I heard the water dogs need some help. So maybe, uh, maybe she, maybe she got in contact. Uh, who knows? But I mean, two dubs on the weekend for the water dogs. It, like, it's, it's, something, it's something it's something that the locker room needs right like you got all these guys they're flying in every weekend they you know they they get to their team hotel or they get to practice and like they, they need some boys who can tell them some stories to keep the mood light at practice to keep everyone fired up and um yeah i mean so this is probably the you know first time in a while that that paul's really able to add to that locker room experience and uh you know it's definitely kind of showing its its dividends on the field um he, he is all over the place seems to be re-energized compared to where he was at at the bubble last year so uh yeah i, I do I, I think you're absolutely right on that one um Definitely, definitely seems a little bit lighter on his feet these days. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Paul, Paul Rabel officially back. Um, He'll be in the office, by the way. Yeah, yeah he's, the, the barstool office any any day now. Gonna have to well, interrogate him a little bit. Yeah, so I, I think he'll be on late night with Seth Meyers or whatever those yeah. shows are. The I, I I haven't seen a late night show in quite some time, but he'll be on there. So that's that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, cannons are are very very legit and they are um you know i i think that they're they're a team that is for sure primed to you know kind of i don't i don't think that it's any any mistake that they've been able to hold up with the whip snakes and the redwoods um but at the end of the day the whip snakes are the whip snakes um zed williams is just an absolute monster uh that connor curse goal was also pretty nasty so um yeah i mean whip snakes are loaded but cannons are right there with the top of the league uh the second game on uh on saturday redwoods atlas uh one that was pegged to be uh i, I think that you know I, I don't know how many people were necessarily like dying to watch this one because you know they thought that it was going to be pretty boring and, and maybe a bit of a shit pumping uh in the ways of the redwoods just taking it to the atlas and that kind of goes back to the point that we made just a few moments ago where most of us are all goddamn idiots and don't know a goddamn thing that we're talking about and the atlas come out and they were just uh i mean that no one could stop Jay Carraway and very few people could stop Brian Costabile from just being uh, one of the sickest bastards on the field every single time that he's on there. Um, so Atlas getting their first win of the season, 12 to nine. I mean, Carraway with 
three one-pointers and a, and a two-bomb to go along with it. He shoots the ball so angry. Like, he looks like he is just ready to rip somebody's head off as soon as he's winding up for every shot he takes. Um, and then he celebrates like a maniac as well. So uh, big, big day for, for Caraway. Um, oh, and also uh, Jack Kincannon, like, really, like, that, that first goal he let in to Miles, um, like, it – yeah, like Miles Jones shoots the ball fast as fuck, but like stick side high, like you kind of have to have that one. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to have another one of those days from Jack and Cannon. And then all of a sudden, like every single shot that's in tight, he's just brick wall. So, um, so like the league as a whole, I, I can't make sense of it. And then even down to the individual players like Jack and Cannon, I can't make sense of it. So um, yeah, re- really cool that I have to talk about this all the time and just be constantly wrong. Uh, but so Jack and Cannon, huge bounce back game for him. And uh, so, uh, you know, you guys got thoughts on Atlas picking up their first dub. I mean, I don't have any, any particular thoughts about it. I think that, you know, the, the league is constantly hard to, to make sense of. Um, I, I did, I did give my edge to on like the defensive midfield side to the Atlas, considering they have Danny Logan. Um, I think Danny Logan's an absolute beast and he means a lot to the, the team. He's like a, like a, he's like a Peter Durth, you know, like a cornerstone of the, of the, of the midfield. Um, but and I mean, that, and he won that face off against TD. That's right. And he won that face off. Embarrassing for TD. That's probably why TD went out for the, went out for a rip after with the boys. He said, it's just so embarrassing. Um, but I mean, like, you know, it's, the Atlas is just kind of a young team and there's, you know, they got Mark Cockerton and Eric Law who are kind of like, you know, for lack of a better word, Eric Law is kind of the sheriff, right? He's kind of the, the veteran sheriff and he's just directing traffic. But I mean, when Jake Caraway is hot, there's probably not any other, there's, there's not any other guy on the field I'd want to guard uh, just because, or sorry, that I wouldn't want to guard uh, because he's just when he's when he's hot he's hot and last weekend he was and unfortunately uh they just they didn't fall but you know they they fell too many times and i don't know redwoods just have to eat that one and keep going i guess you know it was i wasn't like terribly impressed but it was more like the redwoods lost than the atlas won i'm i'm good with yeah. that yeah 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 and then, anything yeah i mean obviously jay caraway stud uh, I think they made the right move. You know, I was, I was hyping up Dan Picaro before the year, but I think he actually does better coming out of the box. Caraway, as you said, just shoots it so angrily. And this team's so young. It only makes you think of how dangerous they're going to be in a couple of years. Um, Docs made his debut. I was hoping for a little bit of more. But I think, like, like you let off with Ken Cannon and the defense, that's probably where they struggled the most. Obviously, if you let up 15 and one half and 18 in the total game. Your defense is going to have to do something the next week. Um, they went away from Pafani. Pafani didn't play really at all. I think that's a good move. Rex Road looks like he's their number one guy. Thought Craig Chick did well out of the box. And, yeah, Ken Cannon just seems to be in a force, you know, in the inside when it's five yards in. Um, no other goalie I think that I'd want. I, I'd want Jack and Cannon over anybody in the league from five yards in. LSM, too. Craig Chick's the all-time leader in D1 and caused turnovers. Yeah, low key, nobody. Yeah, low, low, low key. People forget. So, I mean, pretty solid team, but really, really young. Hoping we can get a little bit more out of them. 
Yeah. Um, as far as the Redwoods go, uh, do have to eat some crow. Uh, said last week that Miles Jones should probably pump the brakes on the skip passes. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had three assists on the day, and I want to say that at least two of those were on a skip. Um, so Miles Jones making me look like an absolute buffoon, uh, but good game out of him. I mean, the goal, three assists. Um, Oh, also one last thing I want to say about the Redwoods. So as I mentioned, I was at a uh, bachelor party in Annapolis this past weekend. And at the bar, I run into Timmy Troutner's sister. Uh, so, oh, wait a minute. Was she with a girl named Cassidy? Uh, I, I don't know. Because they're like best friends and I went to Georgia with her. Maybe, Those are a girl. Maybe, maybe oh, I you know what? You know what? You had a few too many. Right, and you were at you were at you were about twelve, fifteen beers deep, and just it was all a blur to you, wasn't no, it? No, no, uh, it's <laughs> it's it's just that no one else would stay and talk to me about lax for so long, other than <laughs> Tim Troutner's sister. And and okay, Tim, that's fair. And, and Tim, if if you're listening to this right now, which I know that you are, I just want to say uh, she's she's delightful, and that she had um, just some incredible uh, uh, recommendations for uh, places to eat and drink for the rest. Of, so. Uh, wonderful sister, great girl. And also if, if anyone ever needs any recommendations on places to eat or drink in Annapolis, um, just talk to, talk to Trim Troutner and, uh, you know, have, have him set you up with, uh, with her people. So, uh, that, that's about that on, on the Redwoods. Yeah, go ahead. Going back, going back to what you were saying, like nobody wanted to talk shop about lax at the bar. It's become, since I joined the pod, one of uh one of the worst things for me is getting drunk, going to the bar, and just talking oh. wax with a bunch of bunch of stoolies that I'm like mm. like I, I gotta stop like doing this because I'm going home from the bar with like more guys numbers talking wax and girls and I'm like this is this is becoming concerning just well, talking wax all night. Well, at at the one bar that Tim Troutner's sister sent us to, uh, there were a bunch of Hamden Sydney guys there. Um, so I I was just talking wax for hours and it oh, was. I mean, but 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 I love that. So what's better uh, than that, D- dudes rock? <laughs> Listen, let's. Uh, can I get a dudes rock? Dudes, that's, rock. dudes rock. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, talk talk talked a lot of lax. Um, but yeah, so Redwoods, they're they're gonna need to bounce back though. Um, but good good for the Atlas. So uh, all right, so let's let's start. Wrapping this up a little bit, let's let's get to these Sunday games. Uh, water dogs, crunk. We already talked a ton about the water dogs. Uh, the one thing I do actually want to say, okay, so water dogs versus Chrome. I don't foresee the Chrome. I mean, they they could be a playoff. So only one team misses the playoffs this year. Um, so I mean, it it might be a tall order for the Chrome to get themselves. But if if there's ever another game between. Um, between Dylan Ward and John Galloway, I I need I need to figure out somewhat like they have to either do rock paper scissors before the game, uh, they need to do like a forty yard sprint, they need to do just like wrestle or whatever. But someone needs to be the guy who gets to wear the sweatpants and the other guy doesn't because watching a lacrosse game with both goalies and sweats wasn't my favorite look personally. I don't know if you guys feel differently about that. Uh, but, but both sweats in between the pipes, that was, it was, it was a lot for me to handle. Um, so that that's my big take on water dogs first Chrome. I don't particularly feel one way or the other. 
about the sweats. They can kind of just do what they want. You know, they're already neurotic at best. So whatever makes them feel comfortable or whatever, I don't, I just don't feel it. I like seeing Justin Anderson out there though. You know, new dad, Justin Anderson. Love that. But fast other than that, Justin Anderson, fast as fuck, fast as fuck boy. Uh, I mean, the Chrome are kind of young too. So, I mean, they've got, they've got some guys who can ball, but like, you know, you're right. They're on like the lower end. So uh, I, I, I kind of, did you say that only one team gets left out in the playoffs? Cause uh, if they have eight, if they have eight teams, what are they just number one gets a buy and the rest I, play in. I, yeah, there are three quarterfinal games, so I'd imagine okay. that so six teams play in the quarterfinals. One team goes oh, get a, gets a buy directly right? to the semi, and then the other so the seventh team gets left off. I I'm almost certain I, that that's the case. I I could be I don't wrong mind that. Case. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure that there are three quarterfinal games instead of four. I don't mind that, uh, Dukes. How do you feel about the goalie thing? Sorry, sweatpants. I was, to, I was about to throw up from Jordy's take about the sweatpants. Um, <laughs> You know, as a goalie that grew up on Long Island, small little high school, I used to always wear sweatpants, and I'm a huge sweatpants guy. I really think that there's something that, like, makes you more flexible, more loose. So I get the sweatpants moves. John Galloway, though, his sweatpants are gross. I don't know why he wears, like, skinny little sweatpants. I'm like, just go, just go legs out, brother. Just Dylan Ward rocks it. John Galloway kind of looks disgusting, so I'll go half and half on that take. But, yeah, uh, one goal that really stood out to me because there's nothing really as exciting about this game, Colin Heacock, body oh. and Christian Scarpangelo, shooting it, tapping Scarpangelo on the ass, just being like, yeah, don't, don't guard me right after the box ever again, buddy. Right? Heacock has been in the weight room because he was not that big at Maryland. He was a little skinny boy, just kind of tall. He would, no, no. Are you Jordy, sure? absolutely not. That like, guy has been like- in the weight room. I feel like Heacock's neck has always been the width of his shoulders. Like I feel like absolutely he not. It. He's been he was on the all flow team like two years in a row. And yeah, while he was a big boy, he's never been like that muscular. Yeah. Right. And maybe the jersey is helping it accentuate it, but like he's he is definitely put on weight. And furthermore, he's like six five, right? So like he could be six five, two thirty or two forty. You know, that's unreal. Nobody wants that. I'm I'm not guarding that. The fuck. I think that his neck has always been big, but right. just he is – it's, like, now bigger, and his body and his chest and, like, his shoulders, he, he's bodying people left and right now. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's four years out of cot. Like, he, he's, in, he's in the prime of his life, yeah. like, as, as, as a human being. Obviously, he's going to be stronger. But just I, jealous. I no, but, like, he's I don't – I would, I would never consider him to be, like, a – well, yeah, I am very jealous. He's, he's <laughs> a, a certified man rocket. Um, but – I don't. I but I wouldn't quantify him as a small kid in college. That's that's what I'm, like obviously. No, he, he wasn't a he uh, wasn't a small kid. But well, like that's what you, you know, said. The, no, no, no. I said he. I said it's small. Perhaps in 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 like horizontally, right? He was. He certainly wasn't as wide when he was at Maryland, and maybe it's just because they're playing five six days a week, and it's just so much cardio. And now I, more like he's got more time to, I, to lift I, weights. I, I I think that I think that national champion Colin Heacock was also a specimen. I'll roll yeah, the tape on gonna, this tape, by the way. Google, Google it. This is great radio, uh, that's, guys. That's fine. Going, if we're going to do bad radio for five seconds, I want to see Colin Heacock do the little baby, the baby rocker when he goes like this. I'm going to stand up and do it. Have you seen like when someone bodies someone in basketball? Does the yes. Baby rock? Yeah. I need to see that this weekend. Okay. 6'3", oh, 210. I bet you he's 225 right now. 
No joke. Yeah, six three two ten. I bet he's two twenty five. But, but, but yeah, I, I think that that I, you wouldn't know what putting on fifteen pounds looks like, Jordy. What I would you would have no idea. What I'm saying is that, like, I I think that he has been a a step. Like, yes. obviously, he's been hitting the weight room. He's a stallion. Okay. But I but I think the premise of what you were saying was that he wasn't before. No, it's that he wasn't. It wasn't uh, as much. If I have to say, he, he was he was smaller, and now he was larger. Okay. I well, honestly well, think well, maybe we're maybe be, maybe thing. because maybe yes, but maybe because he was on an attack line with Matt Rambo, so just maybe like relatively he was a little less wide not not to, I mean, not to body shame rambo but we're not body shaming rambo like rambo well, is it rambo is rambo like i think he's actually thinned out a little like maybe thinned up a little bit or you know he's he's so quick for like his body shape is very strange um King of thick but, boys. i mean he's a th- he's a thick boy you know i love that and they play big boy they play big boy lacrosse too which that's, I mean, if that's all you have to say about the crown, then, I mean, that's all you get to say about the crown. Here, here, here's really where that goes. That Just to circle back, it'll be the last thing that I say about Heacock in this. Um, I just don't want Heacock to go down as, as like, having the, the, the label as a smaller guy in college when I know that that Colin Heacock could beat the fuck out of me right now. So I don't want, like, a small... He was like, smaller than, than current than current Colin Heacock, like smaller than himself. If, I, if I, 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 I know. I just don't want him to have the label as a small guy because if a small guy can beat the absolute piss out of me, then that's, that's, even, okay. then that's even worse than just knowing that Colin Heacock. Can now we're him. just arguing semantics. This is unreal. Well, unreal. Listen. Now we're just semantics. Now it's just semantics. It's great well, for radio. Look, all I'm saying is Colin Heacock could probably beat up BJ Grill. I mean, yeah, he could he could <laughs> stuff BJ Grill into a locker. Um, so, yeah. Did okay. you guys watch the Archers in the Chaos game? A little bit of it. I I just saw for Will Manny to to just be extremely rude to to everybody on the so Chaos. So rude. Um, Will Will Manny like these guys are human. Come on, they have they have feelings. Come on. But um, Selly game though Tom, out of Will Tom. Manny was amazing. Yeah, go go ahead and talk about Tom Schreiber because I'll never turn down some Tom Schreiber talk. I every time Tom Schreiber touches the ball, it's just in it's a spectacle, right? He just does something different every single time. Whether whether it's the on the run, flip the hips, step, you know, bring the stick back and flick it behind the goalie, or it's like a cross field pass. Tom is just unreal. I think, and I'm going to make this take right now. I think the archers have the best offense in the whole league. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm just very go brave ahead and flat out say, say it. It is very brave of me to say with, with national champions uh, all over the roster, but I, I think that's a brave take by me. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that one on, on the hip, but I mean, Marcus Holman, Grant Amen, Will Manny, it just, it Tom Shriver, it Ryan Ambler. It just doesn't get any better. So I enjoyed that game. I thought it was great. I just, you know, Jack Rowlett can only do so much. Uh, and, and he had, he had a, his work cut out for him that day. I just, Newman's got to be bumped to bump to LSM because they have to have some more, uh, some more firepower down at defense, but that's neither here nor there. I'm going to double down on your take. And I'm going to say go. that Tom Schreiber is the best midfielder in the PLL. 
I would I would say I would triple down on that and say that he's the best player in the world. So <laughs> glad we're all on the same page. I didn't know if that's a hot take or not. But I mean, yeah, we saw Grant Amon had six points. So obviously he had a career day in a way. But Jack Rowlett, shout out, you know, friend of the program, Jack Rowlett. Um, he had the little highlight over the head check on Grant Amon. It was probably the worst play that Amon made, or I can't tell if it was the best play that Rowlett made. But yeah, I mean, I think it kind of solidified that Jared Newman can't really defend dog water jared newman i think i could take you at x at this point <laughs> this well, is turning now, well, then, well now now now, now we're gonna now we're gonna have to set that up um i i'll, I, I'll get in cage for a two-point shot on jared newman wait I, I thought you said take him from x or, or, so, or so, so, yeah let's do a little bit of both so let's yeah. do we'll we'll do like a uh like a almost you like take a, him from x you take him from x no i i didn't i didn't say that i could I was I was a locker room guy in, in college. I'm a, I'm a big morale, I'm a big morale, uh, great practice player, though. So maybe if in a game scenario, I would get my cookies taken by Jared Newman every single time I touch the ball. But in practice, though, I might have a shot against them. Um, lower stakes. Sorry, I'm, Jared, I didn't mean that at all. I'm actually yeah, scared I'm, now. I'm always, I'm always better when the stakes are lower. Um, uh, but, yeah, so a couple things I wanted to say. So, like, yeah, like Grand Amen great game out of him. Um, but like one of those things that Jake always says where like, you're not really sure is it bad defense or is it just really, really good offense? Like this was obviously really, really good offense. Um, couple of like those assists that a was able to, um, stack up, like nothing Rowlett could really do about it. Um, you know, he, he had those, the, those couple like behind the back assists where, you know, he, he draws two and then he just gets it out of his stick so quickly that, like, what are you going to do about that? Um, quick shout out to a friend of the program, Ian McKay, sticking a couple two bombs. Um, so he fell, in, he fell into my trap. I, I, I won that Twitter exchange. Even though he ratioed me, I won the Twitter exchange because days previous, I said that I like to name drop because they come back to the tweet. And, uh, well, Ian, uh, since I know you're listening, who's the fool now, Mr. So care to come on the pod and discuss? Yeah. So uh, I, I, th- I think, invitation. I think it's, it's tough in those situations because people who understand Twitter, people who are extremely online, like I understand that you won that Twitter exchange, I but did. like, but like casuals on Twitter will not understand no. really what happened. So it depends on who's judging <laughs> it. If, if it's people like the three of us who, who, and, and like, you know, guys like, like Diggs and, and Dan Aresti who, who don't have much lives, uh, <laughs> Correct. you know, like just extremely way too logged on. We get it. Um, but, but, but the casuals the, in lax Twitter, no. the casuals in lax Twitter they, thought, thought that we got flame ratio. Um, yeah. Dude, you got, you got any, uh, any closing well, remarks I, on that game? Yeah. I just want to end, end the talk about this game with one question. No, Drew Adams. We saw him always thinking he had, don't you fucking dare. Drew Adams. He's, he's going to do it. Gonna, you, Drew Adams has 2,000 saves professionally. 2,000. Are you about to yeah. shit on Drew Adams? I mean, even Peyton Manning had to be set for a little bit. Oh, my God. All right, go ahead. Okay, we saw – this is two weeks in a row where Gittleman had uh, – I don't know. 17. I don't know if I, I – Dukes, I'm going to outrank you here. <laughs> We're not allowing it. He's, he's, he's the pride of Springfield. Pride of Springfield. Plus in two straight games. Drew Adams, three saves in one half. 38% save percentage, and Ian McKay scored from him from downtown twice. 
Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's washed up. I'm not saying he was, he's a very good offensive shooter, and now you just gave him three more feet of stick to work with to really crank it. You I'm can't just see. Just because Drew Adams was an all-time great player, top three goalie of all time, I would even say. Just because he's that doesn't mean you have to play him still. Gittleman is the best goalie on this team right now. Like, you have to ride the hot hand. Come on. You guys yes. don't. Uh, okay. I, 88%. I'm... 88% this game. Well, and then in week one, I'm pretty sure it was like 83%. It was 82%, 88%, 18 saves, seven saves. And seven saves was in one half. That's ridiculous. Okay, I understand, I understand that point, all right? And I get, perhaps Jordy and I jumped too quickly thinking that you were abs- about to just absolutely outright slander Drew Adams because oh. we were just – that was unex- that would be unacceptable. But it, within the realm of possibility, let's be honest. Yeah, you know, like I, slandering I've, been, I've been doing that. Yeah, you, you've, been known, you've been known to toss a take or two out there. It's fine. <laughs> so, I, listen, statistically, hot hand is a real thing. So I am, I'm all about hot hand. Um, I, think it's, I, I actually think it's really interesting – that the archers are holding on to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this league, especially it, I don't know if it serves and uh, serves the team well to split time or to rotate goalie. I, I just, I, I think hot hand is, is pretty important. So I, 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 so, so I, 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 so what I'll say is like why they're holding on to both of them, because I, like, I, I would agree. Like Gettleman is the better goalie, like right now on the team. Um, but I think both of them, and and especially like more like Drew, like I, I don't know if if Drew is a eleven week of the summer starting goalie anyway. So like I, I don't really okay. know like so I, I I don't know like if you trade him to another team to be that team starter. Like I think at this point in his career, like you know he he's not an every game kind of guy, and I think. You know, I, I think just like early on in the season, it would make sense to give one guy on, one guy off, and then just as you get a little bit closer to August, September, like that's that's when you really ride the hot hand. You don't want to like I, no. I I know it's I know it's a short a shorter season compared to like other sports, um, but it's still like a long summer with a lot of like, you know, like like these guys are Gettleman and Drew are both like they're they're getting up there and. Like, you know, they, they only have to, you know, go and play on the weekends, but it's still like, that's, that's a lot of travel. Um, and like when you're showing up to a weekend with the idea in your head already that like, you don't have to play, like that takes a lot like of the mental exhaustion out of you. So I, like, I, I get doing it early on just to keep both of them mentally sharp for when it comes time to like, when it really matters. One last point. They, did they, they benched Gittleman last year, right? Yeah, that was. And they a, just went Drew Adams full time. That's why I'm a little why why wouldn't you just do it this year? Because it seems like um, they would just bench Gittleman, but they won't bench but, but, Adams. But, la- but last year's t- just because like they're only playing yeah, yeah. for two weeks and they're in the bubble. Like this is last like, year was like, different. Again, yeah. like like the the travel, like leaving like your family for four or five days at a time. Like like there there's a lot that goes into it where. Like it, it would be a super long summer. It's a super long summer for everybody. But like when you're at the point in your career where both of those guys are, it's like, okay, like, like let them, if, if they have to go every other weekend where they can stay like mentally fresh and like not have to worry about getting in during the game for the most part, um, it's just better to keep them that way. Like early on in the season, I get it. Towards the end of the season though, I would absolutely just ride the hot hand because that's when it really matters. Um, now, if we want to talk about a Penn State alum who um, 
you know, what, what it, what is the chaos doing with Mac O'Keefe? Right. I, how, how are they not getting him more involved here? Like, how are they not getting like using an, another guy to work the two man with him on that left side? How are they not just running him out there and letting him shoot the ever living piss out of the ball? He had one shot in this game against the archers. You don't think because I think that that, I, that you could I, get Mac O'Keefe the ball a little bit more in this game and just like let him shoot to get hot. I think because I th- I think that everybody knows that that's the game plan, right? Like death taxes and Mac O'Keefe with his hands free. So as long as like you're in Mac O'Keefe's grill, he's essentially a non-factor, right? And I think so, that that's so isn't that's isn't the tough that an part. issue of not being able to get him his hands free? Like these are all some of the these are all sure. the best cross players in the world. Like they should be like they're you know and and it's not like Mac O'Keefe is going to be drawing the team's best pole so like you, you like you can figure out ways to get the, him open and it just seems like they haven't really figured out a way to uh, to do that yet and I, I get it's early in Mac O'Keefe's tenure with the chaos so like they haven't had enough time to really figure out that game plan um, but like that's something that they're probably gonna need to figure out pretty soon staring down 0-3 yeah I, I'd agree I think I think you if you know working a two-man game off ball especially requires a ton of work you know and it's all about timing and synchronicity and you know if the chaos aren't it also you know working a two-man game and getting and having mac getting open for like a step down or having his hands free for a nice open field shot is it, it takes a lot of work and synchronicity so you know maybe you got some guys who regularly handle the ball who aren't exactly you know reliable when it comes to you know taking their time when the chaos had the ball and using the full shot clock, uh, you know, maybe the offense needs to slow down a little bit more and be more deliberate. Um, and maybe you've got some, some guy, maybe you've got some egos to get past, right. You know, Mac O'Keefe works really well when the ball is being shared and that's not necessarily how the chaos played it. You know, you know it's, it's kind of, you know, work the two man, you know, either refuse the pick or go under set a pick on the way. You know, it's, it, it can be a matter of, uh, of who has the ball too. So I don't know, I, but I, I think the point remains like Max should be involved more because he absolutely can just splash the ball whenever he has it. Maybe the chaos offense just isn't that good right now either. You know, and that you know, Okem's razors, simplest explanation, usually the best. Yeah. It's just, I just don't think they're very good right now. That doesn't mean that I don't think they will be good. You know, for Carter, I think he really showed out, especially in the first game this weekend. I think that they got to get more looks for O'Keefe, obviously, but you never know what's going on in that locker room. Maybe he's got some, you know, freshman year shakes. He doesn't want to be the ball hog on the team, but the veterans get the veterans got to hate him. You never know how like that whole thing works out. Cause like you said, the ego's on this fucking team, right? Yeah. And I, I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know the guy, I would definitely get Mac more involved. Um, you know, and he, he took four shots in that first game. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's like, afraid to shoot the ball necessarily um now only the one of them dropped so like maybe after going one for four but one of those being a two bomb um you know maybe maybe it was a little bit more hesitant on the trigger but um you know and i also think like like just put the ball in in the stick of like kyle jackson more too like i think like you need to kind of rely on some of those quicker guys every once in a while um as opposed to like i don't know like i i love uh now, yeah, I, I just maybe maybe the chaos offense just isn't quite um, as good as we'll say as they can be, 
right now. Um, but yeah, so that's week two in the premier lacrosse league. So water dogs getting a big two wins, uh, archers and whip snakes staying undefeated on the season and the Chrome and the Chouse, the only teams in the league still looking for their first dub. So, um, you know, pretty exciting weekend in lacrosse. We've got a, a week off now, um, before we get into week three in Baltimore. So the boys will get a nice, nice amount of rest. Um, but one fan base that won't be resting very much this week. And, and a fan base that is, when we're talking about people who are very much online, it doesn't get much more online than the Syracuse faithful. Uh, so news coming out this, you know, so we're recording this on Monday. Uh, news coming out, which, you know, people, people had the suspicions of, of the, in, you know, th- this whole time. But, you know, when Gary Gate was announced to be the team's new head coach, um, you know, a lot of things were pointing towards the direction of Dave Petromala being named as the defensive coordinator for the Syracuse Orange. And today it was confirmed Petro heading back to the coaching world. He will be on Gary Gates staff at Syracuse. Um, so they're basically just forming, uh, you know, an, an Avengers of coaches to, to replace Desco and crew. Um, maybe, maybe more of like the Avengers, like when, um, when Captain America comes back at the end of Endgame, and and he's he's old after living out his entire life, but uh, but yeah, so all these guys coming together. So I can only imagine who's going to be tapped next for the O coordinator position. But uh, Petro to Cuse, you guys, your thoughts on that? I think that's huge for Cuse. I think it's huge for Petro. Um, you know, one storied program to another. Uh, it's definitely going to be weird for some. Uh, seeing him in the in the Q's blue rather than in, in the Hopkins gear. Um, I mean, I think it's huge for him. And there's some rumors out there that uh, his sons might be flipping recruitment. Um, that's just a rumor. You can't, you know, don't, don't, don't. I didn't start that rumor. Am I spreading it? Yes. But am, did, am, did, did, did I start did it? Someone, did someone on this podcast perhaps start that rumor? Yeah, did someone on this podcast start, start this rumor? It's, it's possible. You never know. Um, but other than that, I mean, Huge for the program, huge for Cuse. Um, I mean, Cuse has been through the ringer lately, uh, you know, the whole program. So uh, good for them. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like, we, we knew that Petro wouldn't stay, like, off the field, right? He wasn't, like, retiring, you know. So great for him getting out there. Dukes, what do you think? Look, if Joey Spillina hated the Gary Gate move, he's going to absolutely despise the state of I, 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 I'll be shocked if he's still there by noon tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. I mean, how do you walk? Belina to Mercyhurst. <laughs> if you, if you're, if you're a high school player, and the greatest offensive player, the greatest defensive player of all time, walk into your kitchen, have dinner with your family, and then try to sell you on Syracuse, how Jesus do you not? Christ. And they, and and, it's, and but seriously, Joey Spelina, if the, the if the rumors are true, the rumors that were started by somebody on this podcast, then man who should, should not be named, but the number one recruit, the number two recruit, and then. Nick, who's a defender? I mean, that's scary. Uh, I think after I think that Duke will start a dynasty, obviously with McAdoo and O'Neal. But right after that, you got to think that Hughes is number two. Nick Hughes could uh, Hughes would have will be in the Final Four Memorial Day weekend again for years to come. So, Hughes officially back. Are we? Uh, yes. Is Hughes back? We went from Fire Desco to Hughes is back in exactly forty five days. Verbal meme: Syracuse Paul Rabel handshake back. I'm I'm saying that if, if you're going to Syracuse University to play lacrosse at any time in the next 
15 years, do not schedule anything for Memorial Day weekend. No vacations allowed because you will be playing wherever championship weekend is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, two just all-time greats on this coaching staff to begin with now. Um, so that O coordinator position still seems to be open. So who who would you guys like to be that that third and final Avenger? Um and then obviously they'd have to bring on Jerry Raganese to the coaching staff as the face-off guy um, to really cap it all off promo code crease dive at proathletics.com. Um, but that, that third, that Oak coordinator spot off the top of your head, gun to your head, who's going? Matt's burger from UNC coach Matt's. That'd be my third. That'd be my Avenger. He's got so many titles. I mean, like if, if you're thinking like all, like all time, great, you know, OC, you, 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 it's got to be Matt's, right? You know, how many titles does he have? You've got like six with Princeton and then two more with your – or another one with UNC, just something ridiculous like that. So that's my that's my third Avenger. It won't happen, obviously, but like if I had the pick just off the top of my head, it's Matt's. So, uh, you know, years 2021, my man K18 is getting pretty old and about to retire. Oh, God. He's talked. He was talking like he was about to root for Syracuse because he's a little pissed at Johns Hopkins. Uh, I would not be surprised if him or John Crowley became the offensive coordinators for Syracuse. That's all I'll say. I'm really no, John Crowley. Team. John Crowley's a young cross IQ guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he was the uh, OC. I love right. that. Well, here's here's the thing. Uh-oh. So it's 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 2021 right now. Yes, but the first season that this coaching staff will be at the helm 2022. Not much of a coincidence there. Uh-huh. So you got Gary Gate coming in in 22. <laughs> o coordinator position. You're not thinking who I think you're thinking of. Maybe not exactly who you're thinking of. I No, no. I, I know. It's, go ahead. I'm going it. Casey, pal. Uh, that's exactly who I thought you were thinking of. I, I was like, it's not. It's, of course, it's not it, Mikey, but it, Casey, it, Casey it, Powell. It couldn't be. It couldn't be Mikey Powell. Mikey Powell be. He'll be. You know, making some nice, lovely scented candles, and you know, maybe some wooden furniture for the locker room. Um, Love that. Bring, bring, bring in Casey. It's it's 2022. Got to bring in all the 22s. So Casey Powell, offensive coordinator. I know he's been. Um, He's he's been doing some good stuff in Chicago, uh, with uh, I believe it's it's Team One that he's working with there. Um, he's also been doing all of his speed lacks. Uh, so Casey still very much active in the lacrosse world. Knows a thing or two about offense, especially at the Carrier Dome. Casey Powell, the third and final Avenger. I love That's it. fair. I love it. I think I think that if yeah, uh, I I think that. If, you, if that actually does come true, that there's a really big meme opportunity for you there, and we'll just have to brainstorm really hard. Um, but, Dukes, you can definitely clip that just to keep it in the vault, just in case. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. <laughs> I'll also uh, clip my John Crowley take, because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's a good take. I mean, John Crowley would be a great take. I'm on a hot streak. Would be a, would, would be a great – I mean, all three of those are um, – quality quality options to go with so uh whoever the ad is at syracuse i know you're listening just you know bring in the boys and we'll figure it out for you uh but yeah so that is week two of the premier lacrosse league and and a little bit of a big time college news um 
we'll see. You're, you're listening to this right now, and, and we're still up in the air about whether or not there will be an episode this Friday um, since there's not going to be a, uh, you know, a, a week three in the PLL this weekend. But I don't know. You, you might still get a nice little episode on Friday just to, uh, you know, just to keep the, keep the streak alive. But uh, either way, in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. was nice, the party was bumping And everybody having a ball Until the fellas started him calling And the girls respond to the call I hear a boom and shout out Who let the dogs out? 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 I see the dogs Get back, Ruffy, get back, you flea-infested mongrel. 